Guys, welcome back. Swing Space Radio, episode number eight. I got William Leaf live from Jupiter, Florida. What's going on, guys? I'm Dan. I'm Dan Trainer. As always, we're going to recap last week's PGA Tour event, AT&T Pro-Am out at Pebble Beach, and we're going to talk about the upcoming uh, event this week, the Genesis Open out at Riviera. Welcome back, Tiger Woods, once again. But uh, William, let's jump in. AT&T. Yeah. Paul Casey. I don't really I don't really like this tournament that much. <laughs> I uh I've never been that big of a fan of it and I was reminded by by that when I was watching this week. Um I don't like multiple course events. I don't know how do you feel about them? I just don't like the fact that like for example, Paul Casey was so lucky with the draw of his courses, yeah. the, the order that he played with them, with the t- certain winds and the certain weather. I just uh I hate that aspect of it. I like when everyone's playing the same course on the same day. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a bad take at all. I mean, I think obviously with these courses, there's, you know, it's some of the, uh, it's one of the best groupings of golf courses in the country. So it's kind of fun to get out there and have everyone play all these, but it's kind of like, it's, it's such early in the season you have. You know, they do this over at Torrey Pines, too, where they play the North and the South course. And, no, I, I would agree. I mean, there is some luck in it. But you could say that there's a lot of luck in in anything. I mean, you got guys that go out in the morning in certain events, and uh, just based on where they get randomly put in tee times, you have different weather in the morning um, mm-hmm. in the afternoon. I mean, I get that with the multiple course events. It it, it does play into it, a, play into it a little bit more. Um but, you know, sometimes it's fun to see different courses, um, you know, in the same week that you don't yeah. always get to see on tour. No, I agree with you. I just don't like, I, I, from a uh, fan perspective, it's just not that interesting. And they, they're they always stopping and talking to the, the AMs that are playing with the pros. And, yeah, uh, like, I just don't really care that much. <laughs> no, it definitely seems like this turn. And I've always kind of looked at this tournament as, eh. It's just kind of a filler tournament. I know you're I up there, Northern California at Pebble Beach, but the Pro-Am does seem to take away a little bit of the seriousness in it. I've always wondered that, like, right. how, does it, how does it feel to be out there playing for, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars and you've got some dust movie star playing with you? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like I was even watching... Yeah, and I was even watching one of them, uh, one hole where a guy makes like an eight footer and I can't even remember who it was, but the pro is like sitting there like clapping as if he's (laughs) feeling like he needs to kind of be sucking up to this guy. But it's like, listen, you're, you're doing your job. You're in the middle of a work day. You know what I mean? And you've got to like kind of suck up to the CEO of a, you know, a big bank or something like that. It just seems odd and out of place for sure. sure. You're out there entertaining a little bit. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. That was, that was my takeaway from it. It was just, um, it reminded me that I don't like that event that much. (laughs) Not that I don't like the courses. I just don't, I don't enjoy it as much, but it was cool to see Phil win. Um, he definitely took the tournament, uh, you know, shooting seven under on the last days really, uh, Really cool thing to see, you know, at his age. He's really had a good year so far. And yeah. I don't know, this might be a year where um, Phil gets that, that U.S. Open, you know, no more seconds. I don't know. You could see it. You could tell he wants it, but he looks good right now. He did hit a ball 80 yards off the line, though, on one hole, which is funny. Yeah. 
I I hope he doesn't. I would love Phil to retire with zero U.S. Opens. But let's go back to this Paul Casey thing with the luck of the draw. Like, I didn't even really notice this as the whole weekend was was playing out. But, like, give me the overview of, like, his luck on the weather on the different Mm -hmm. courses. Yeah, so, like, there was – when he was out at Spyglass, um, the wind was – in a favorable direction and comparative to the people that played it um the other days it was much more difficult like paul casey got the easiest of every course on all of the days and sure he was kind of the guy that you didn't even realize he was there and all of a sudden he was leading you know and that's just because he was like uh where you saw a bunch of other guys fluctuating more um you know, had the easy court. Like, Brant Snedeker was one. He played Pebble Beach, actually, got off to a great start, um, and I thought he was going to do awesome, but he caught a bad break with weather oh, on the other courses. Bad break. What was the result of the... We'll get into this later, but I just kind of want to... Yeah. I guess dust. twist the knife I'm here aware. a little bit. I'm aware. You know, it was just wise. I think I had picked him and then changed my mind and, you know, went with the that. right horse. Yeah. Just, you know... <laughs> But yeah, don't. no. Over overall, I don't know. That's just why I don't really like it. I don't. Um, I don't think it represents necessarily who's playing the best at all times. And I don't like the Saturday cut. I think it's um, it throws these guys off a little bit. But overall, I don't know. I guess I'm speaking kind of negatively about the AT and T. But that's just my honest opinion. And I'm definitely a lot more excited for the Genesis Open at Riviera. Sepp Straka doesn't like the Saturday cut either. I hate Sepp Straka. <laughs> I don't know him, but I don't want to have for the win dinner with him. That's for sure. So let's get into this week. We got the Genesis Open at Riviera. Like I love this is if if you gave me a list of top five favorite courses, like courses that I really, really, really want to play, this is in my top five. Like yeah, it's ben just Siegel, it's a very. Go ahead. One of our players, Ben Siegel, um, he played in the USAM here a couple of years ago at Riviera, and I remember. Um, that's actually right when we first started working and it was, it was fun to prepare for Riviera and he sent me some videos and it looked awesome. And, um, you know, he said nothing but good things. He said, it's really hard. Um, yeah. And you can kind of see that with par 71, you know, a little over 7,300 yards. That's, that's a haul. That's a, for sure. <laughs> that's no joke. And, um, it's a great course. I love watching it. I think that, uh, it requires, really good ball striking like to a premium you know what i mean like you don't just have to hit it good but like if you hit it good at riviera you're striping it (laughs) oh it's not even that i mean listen the greens so i was doing a little bit of research before we did do this podcast and the greens were the most difficult to hit out of any golf course on tour last year so uh, only 53%. The average, uh, the average guy went through the tournament last year and hit 53% of his greens. Right. And that was the worst percentage since 2015. And the course that that took that home in 2015 was also Riviera at 51%. So it's like, yeah, you know, saying it's a ball striking course, like that doesn't even really begin to describe yeah. actually. How difficult this golf course is like it is and, it's probably the heart one of the hardest second shot just if you're looking at par fours again it's par 71 it's one of the hardest second shot golf yeah, course absolutely and like and the thing is, is um a lot of the holes are designed 
even if it's a shorter hole, you can't hit driver. So you hit iron, and it's not like you get this flip wedge in. You get what I'm saying? It's like designed to the point where you definitely your mid irons to even long irons have to be good, and yep. it's. Uh, it's tough to to take advantage with length. However, I mean, if you got a, long, a guy that bombs it and he's hitting it straight, like that is a huge advantage out here, obviously. Um, but realistically, like even mediocre hitters, if if they're on with their mid irons, um, since you may, mentioned that stat at you know fifty one, fifty three percent, guys are missing greens with shorter irons, even. Yeah. So like, it brings everyone together as far as just strictly who's hitting a lot of greens. You will see them do well. You're going to gain a lot of strokes this week doing that. So, with all of that, Bubba won it last year. Bubba's won it three times. It's three times, right? Yeah. And uh, he won last year at 12 under. So, it's, it's, it is a tournament, like we're saying, with these average, with these greens and regulation averages and that, you know, relatively high score of winning, like there are going to be a lot of guys that can, you know, that can, that can, if you, if you play well and hit it well and get up and down, it's another, it's a scrambling course as well. For sure. Um, you know, you can, you can get into that top 10. So it's going to be an interesting week. I like this week for picks actually. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to, uh, blow the top off. You don't have to make a ton of putts this week. I mean, you might have to make some momentum putts. You don't need to fill it up though. Like, and that's why, I mean, that's kind of Bubba's nature. He doesn't really fill it up ever with the flat stick, you know. But um, he can be creative enough around the greens, like you just mentioned. Um, he can keep his momentum going well out here. And I'll explain more of why I like Bubba. But, um, yeah, to your point, you definitely got to get the ball up and down. You just don't have to make a bunch of, bunch of putts this week. You know, you don't have to make a ton of birdies. You just have to be disciplined. And, and I think really stay true to a game plan. People that try to wing it out in Riviera, I think lose patience. So you've got a weather forecast here listed, but I don't know that. So, so I'm just kind of looking at the weather channel right now for Los Angeles. And I've, I've got rain and 62 on Thursday. I've got cloudy and 59 on Friday partly cloudy and 61 on Saturday and then showers uh, on Sunday afternoon and about 56 with a 40% chance of rain. So again, we got a hundred percent chance of rain on Thursday and a 40% chance of rain on Sunday. Like again, on a already difficult ball striking course, it could be a really interesting week out there because last year was a beautiful week, beautiful week, right? Right. Like no wind, just beautiful weather. And it hit, and people were hitting fifty three percent of greens, right? Like if it blows even a little bit and it's cold and rainy, like we could have a very interesting golf course. Out there. I was I was looking at the practice rounds, and that makes more sense um, with the weather. I was confused by what I was seeing because uh, all the guys were wearing stocking caps, rain jackets, yeah. <laughs> rain pants. I was like, weird. Like that's pretty unlucky on a Tuesday, uh, and you know to be so cold. Um, for the practice rounds, but all of a sudden being nice in the week. So no, that makes more sense. I, I thought they were expecting rain. I actually heard that even uh, during Pebble Beach's event, they were talking about, how, oh, it's not looking good for the Genesis. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that, um, I think that's going to play a big role. Like on this golf course, like what you're saying, it's already hard. Last week it was beautiful. Right. I remember watching it was as good as you can ask for. And I don't know that could, uh, last year, scram- you mean, yeah, I'm sorry. The the yep. um, 
this just kind of puts an emphasis on that short game that For you were sure. kind of saying. I mean, it's already hard to hit greens. You got to be able to get your ball up and down. And I mean, again, if we're if we're looking at it being a little bit of wet, wet out there, like it really could give an advantage to these longer hitters. Par 71, 7,300 yards, already a difficult golf course. Like this might give a little bit more of an edge to a guy like Dustin Johnson, who's had some successor in the past. It is going to be is going to be bombing it. And also, you know, again, Bubba, we'll get to Bubba as one of our favorites of the week. But like, you know, that gives him a little bit of an edge, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. So so let's hop right into that. Bubba Watson, you know, uh, needs no introduction on this golf course, but he is 20 to one uh, to win the golf tournament. Go ahead and take us through your thoughts. Yeah. And like we did last week, we'll post the top 10, top five, um, some kind of extra picks um, on Instagram. But just talking strictly about wins right now, uh, obviously, Bubba's a good a good pick at 20 to one. Um, he likes to be creative. And, and the thing with Bubba is if you actually look at his career, he does not play very well on golf courses where the initial, you know, let's say 50 yards off a tee box is tight. Um, he does not like narrow windows off the box. We're here at Riviera. You can be creative. You can have start lines that are a little bit more crazy, so to speak. He likes to move his ball a lot. So if he can, you know, if he's if he's playing and he wants to start one way over than the right trees, he can do that here, where he he feels um, handcuffed a little bit when he has to play straight shots. And that's why here at Riviera, especially with hitting the greens, curving your golf ball is an advantage um a guy that plays one golf shot i'm not that big of a fan of him at riviera um i know statistically you can argue that and stuff but with the way these greens are sectioned off and how you're going to miss in spots i like the creative players this week sure so you know last uh not last week but uh, out in scottsdale at the waste management, he led the field strokes, mm-hmm. gained T to green. And so it's not like he's been hitting it bad. Like he's with the experience that he has on this golf course um, and with how he's been hitting it overall. Like it's, man, I, yeah. I already have kind of made my bets for the week and I've got a little bit on him to, to take yeah. it home again. 20 and to 1, again, like again, with his history there, like 20 good. to 1 actually seems like pretty good odds. Right yeah. with how he's hitting it and with his history there, like hmm, I, I, I'm actually kind of surprised that, that it's even that high. The only downfall I have with him is my worry is sometimes his attitude. Like if the weather's bad, he can sometimes get pouty and get you know kind of um, uh, almost care too carefree. But sure. at a place that he likes so much, he's got the good visuals. He's such a feel player that he's already know he already knows what shots he's going to hit. And for a guy that's a field player, that's a huge advantage. Yep. So, okay, Bubba Watson, Bubba Watson, twenty to one. Moving on to the next guy, Cameron Smith, who's thirty-three to one to win the tournament. How about your thoughts there? Yeah, this is this is a good player this week, especially with the weather that's coming in. Um, he's played well here, I believe. Last year, he finished T six. It was. Um, I just think that. He's a guy, he doesn't make mistakes. He's your steady Eddie guy that stays composed. Um, I believe it was last year he actually led the field in bogey avoidance, um, which tells me, you know, when he's missing greens, he's getting that ball up and down. He also understands where to miss on this golf course, which is huge. If you're if you're making bogeys, oftentimes it comes from, you know, short-setting yourself, missing it in the wrong section of the green. Um, Cameron has experience here at uh, staying within himself throughout an entire 
tournament. It's going to be the guy who makes a lot of pars and sprinkles and birdies. It's not going to be a guy that's um, making a double, three bogeys, and an eagle. It, you just don't right. see that at Riviera. So a guy right. like Cameron Smith, you can trust that him being good at making or avoiding making birdies or bogeys, I'm sorry, is a huge stat. Like that's not always going to be an important thing, right? But like here in Riviera, especially with the weather coming in, I think that's a really great stat to look at. Well, I'm no genius, but generally not making bogeys is good. So Cameron <laughs> Smith at 33 to one, you know, it's not like, like you said, it's not always going to be important, but I'd say 99% of the time not making bogeys matters quite is, a bit. But the thing is, if you get a guy that's streaky and he's on fire, there's no, not I that many it. birdie holes at Riviera. Yeah, sure. But you're dust. So. <laughs> <laughs> I also lead the league in bogey, bogey avoidance. Yeah. On to the next guy. You're addicted to Scott's... bogeys, bro. <laughs> Scott Stallings, 80 to 1. He's a guy, actually, that I had picked in our head to head and kind of went back and forth, but uh, ended up going on, on somebody else here. But Scott Stallings, I like him a lot this week, too. 80 to 1. Yeah, he's a, it's not really a story, but he's a good update because he was, He's been kind of laying low <laughs> the last few years. Um, and now that, you know, on Sunday he made a great charge, he got a lot of TV time, I think it put it in the spotlight for people to see how much work he's done with his body. Um, he's lost a lot of weight. He looks really healthy, really fit. Um, and he works with the guys at PFS, which I've had the pleasure of going and working with last winter. They're really good. They, uh, um, they've done a great job with, uh, with Scott and you can tell that he has energy you know you can tell a guy that's interested that feels like his golf swings intact it feels like um, you know his body's feeling much better he's able to play four rounds and it looked like even on Sunday there was a delay with the hail which was crazy in its own right he was he kept his momentum he kept um, his energy up and that's just a testament to how hard he's been working on his body. And that's why I think he can carry that over this week. You know, I don't see him being tired. I don't see him having that um, hangover of a good week. And I think that's awesome. He obviously has to feel good and confident about where he's at um, mentally due to his fitness and also physically being able to play four rounds and not feel like he's losing energy. Yeah, good stuff. Like I said, I mean, he was one of the guys that I was going to take in our head-to-head bet this week. Uh, I like him a lot at 80-1, to and I actually sprinkled in a little on his uh, top 10 odds as well. Yeah, one more thing about him is I did see, this is a little bit more like uh, insight, but personally, I saw him that he was putting in some work with Potter's putting. He was hitting it great at Pebble Beach. Um and I think that, you know, he was working with Potter's putting, and I loved the way he was re- releasing the putter. It looked really free. So I think that's kind of what his focus has been going on to this week. Um, and being able to freely release his putter, I think that's going to be that's important on those par putts, those nervy kind of grinder mm-hmm. par putts. You have to feel, That's why Tiger was so good. You know what I mean? He always released it correctly every time under pressure. And hopefully Scott, um, with what he's working on, that clicks this week. For sure. So our last guy in the non-dark horse category, Rafa Cabrera Bayo at 66 to 1. What do you yeah, think? Th- this is a really good one. He was, um, He's playing really well at Pebble Beach, but he's also obviously been working with David Ledbetter here for a while. And right now their only focus is fundamentals. To me, that's a sign that he's very confident with how he's moving the club. He's, I'm sure, at home focusing a lot on his short game. Um, he's been hitting it great, putting it well. 
Um, he hasn't been chipping it very well. But I see if a guy's focusing only on his fundamentals with his ball striking, I'm sure he's got plenty of time where he's focusing on his chipping. Uh, so I would expect that to turn around at any moment because he is a world-class player. Um, you know, he's a Ryder Cupper. He's all that. He he knows the whole deal. Um, the difficult track's going to be in favor of him. And he's also... Um, He's been good in poor weather, specifically cold, which is weird. There's no stat of that, but that's just my um, what I've watched over the years. It's that's it's weird, but he plays well in um, poor weather. He played really well at Hazeltine um, when it was chilly for the Ryder Cup. Uh, he just a lot of guys hate the cold. Personally, I do, um, but he's a guy that is totally fine with it. You saw that um, in Pebble a little bit on a few of the days. So I like him this week on the difficult track and difficult weather. He's uh, he's really good mentally. So the next guy, I see that you've included him as a dark horse just mm-hmm. so you could put his name on the page again. Uh, sure. Charles Howell the third at 50 to 1 to win the golf tournament. Yeah, what's wrong with him being a dark horse? I think that in this field... It's really strong. He's been taking some time off. Um, I think I think he gets off to a little bit of a slow start, but you know he hits it so good. He's been having such a solid year so far. I think he I, he makes the cut um, and does his work from there. Uh, probably too far behind to win, but a top ten is where I look for Charles. Um, there's been many times throughout the season where I looked and he was leading uh, the tournament in greens and regulation um, after you know the cut. He and the Sony, and I believe there's another one, there's multiple occasions where he had 18 out of 18 greens, which, I mean, if you can do that at Riviera, like we're talking about. Right. right. He's he's number two on the year so far, and he's hit like 82% of his greens. Yeah. So, <laughs> again, he's a guy that at 50 to 1, you know, to win the tournament, like that, that might not be the best odds, but top 10 for sure. Um, and like, like William said earlier, we'll throw some top 10 odds out on Instagram. Uh, before the tournament uh, kicks off, uh, that post will be going live on Wednesday, uh, so you can kind of look out for that. But yeah, Charles Allen III again. It's a ball striking golf course. This guy, there really aren't a ton better, and right. uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider him a dark horse at at fifty to one. Think, but I I, but again, to win the tournament, he's definitely he's definitely dark horse, and it, it is a good a good great field. And uh, like I said, top ten. I like that bet. Mm-hmm. So next dark horse pick, Sam Burns. Who this? This is a dark horse pick, two hundred to one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. He's. I think that right now he's got the opportunity to show off that major championship type game that I always talk about. Um, he's been up and down this year so far. He's definitely showed promises. He's had a lot of good rounds and a, a lot of good stats. Um, that he's shown. He just hasn't put it all together. I just think the focus for him, if he drives it well, um, he'll be looking at a, a solid top 10. His, he can be very efficient when he's on with the driver. If he doesn't, um, I see more like what I described with Charles, making the cut and trying to backdoor it late. Um, he he has the, the mental ability to do that. I don't think that he loses momentum early, even if he's not sharp right away but if he gets off to a good start with his driver i i think that a top 10 is very fair for him and even he's gonna win one of these days so i i don't i can't confidently sit here and say that you know he's gonna get it done this week but he definitely the top 10 i'm always comfortable with sam burns because he has knocked on the door he's going to get that win here this year would be my guess yeah 
like I said, I like that guy uh, as, as a top 10 pick as well. 200 to 1. It's, it's a tough one, but a if you're kind of looking at it over the course of the season, if you think this guy is going to get a win, putting a little bit on 200 to 1 isn't a bad bet, right? He's it's an, an investment. investment. <laughs> so let's move on to the leaderboard game, which is, you know, a weekly fun occurrence for me as I get to triumphantly brag about the gains to the leaderboard uh, in my in my side of the uh, there's no gains like you're losing yeah well i mean it's like wait it's not even moving 12 to 10 so i'm winning overall on the season jason day beat dust king johnson cameron champ beat brant snedeker just a great switch Last minute by me to take Cam Champ. Yeah, folks. Matt Jones, uh, you know, Brian Gay. Uh, listen, I'll give you props on Brian Gay. Like, he, played he had a nice. great tournament. Again, when you can get that third-tier guy up into that top 15 area, like, that's just a good pick, right? I hope you actually Thank put you. real uh, amounts of money on that one. But uh, I, Matt Jones actually finished the weekend pretty good. He didn't start off very well, but Saturday, Sunday, uh, played in a couple under each day. Wish he would have started it off a little bit hotter, but um, Brian gave no window. <laughs> he that was the thing. He was yeah. really good from the start. So it's like right. Same and with Sep Straka. Sep, this one's gonna be fun to talk about. I literally so the first day again, I'm watching the tournament, checking the leaderboard, and I see Garrigus go out in 81. And it was like, ah. <laughs> uh, well, that's an L. And Sep was like two under at one point. Yeah, no, he was fine. Like, he was just like, I'm going to lose that round. by a lot. I'm going to lose by a lot. So go from, uh, I think it was a 12, no, 14 shot lead. No. It, it was it was some nine shot it was, lead. It was, close. It was ridiculous. Then, then Sep decided to just go 77, 77. Just beautiful. Just absolute dust. He got demoted in the dust league. It's hard <laughs> to do. Dust. King. <laughs> to lose oh, by one. To lose it's by so one. Fun. I was going through, I was I was tallying it up. I'm like, oh yeah, I think we were like two to two this week. Cause I'm like, dude, Gargus, like I'm not even sure he beat half the AMs. And it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> How many you know, that's actually a stat I'd love to know. How many AMs beat Garrigus on day one? Eighty one yeah. to what? Like how many yeah, of those AMs broke eighty? I don't know. I can't give you that. There's definitely some. I mean, Tony Romo and those guys, like, they can fucking play. They Did you see that shot? I mean, he dropped it. He, he WD'd, I guess, for an AM, if you could really technically WD as an AM. But <laughs> yeah. did you see that shot that he hit from the hospitality tent? Yeah. Did you also see the one he hit off the green on 17? He was, like, on the other side of the green, and he couldn't putt because he would have had to putt over the rough, and he just nipped a little spinner to a foot. It was nasty. That's great. <laughs> it was so sick. we think Tony Romo beat... Garrigus on Thursday? Yeah, I think so, probably. I think Tony Romo also got an exemption into the web.com this week. Don't quote me on that, but I think I saw that. I won't quote you, but again, that'd be fun to watch. So you guys got enough of a, an update on last week. I'm up 12 to 10 on the year. Let's hop into it. Uh, as the winner, I'm going to take the honors and take my first guy. I got Bryson DeChambeau this week. Listen, I mean, this is a course that, yeah, 
course that you need some again it, it, history will tell you that the winners of this golf tournament have played at this course a lot have played in this tournament a lot and that's not going to be bryson right i mean he's only play this is only his third start at this tournament He's got so far this year though he's he's been awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean he's yeah. got four top tens and a win, and his worst finish is T twelve at the Hero. Like he's he's been dirty. Um, yeah, you know third in strokes gain T to green, eighteenth in strokes gain approach, driving it awesome. I mean he's a beast. If anyone's gonna play well on a thinking man's course, and this is really what it comes down to, if the weather's gonna be kind of nasty. It's if anyone can come onto this course in his third start on it and play well, it's going to be him. You know, you mm-hmm. look at you look at a strong field and you're picking from DJ, Justin Thomas, Rory, John Rahm, Bubba, who's had a lot of success here, Tiger, Spieth, Phil coming off, you know, his win last week. I actually want to say it's kind of a bold call. These guys have had a lot of experience yeah. here. Kind of outside of Rom, obviously, but like, I, I don't know. I I like him this week. I he, I don't I don't I don't see him coming in and sucking. I guess that's my thing. Like, I just don't see him playing poorly. Um, right. So that, that's my guy this week. It's actually that that first tier is nuts. Actually, yeah, Tony Finau and Patrick Cantlay finished T two and T four last year. Right. on this golf course. It's like Phil Mickelson finished T six. Like <laughs> all of these and Scott's guys in this tier too. Like that's the thing is like Scott's been playing well. It's a, it's a course that fits him really well too. Like for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you don't have to like, you don't have to put the lights out. If you hit it well enough, you know, you're going to be mm-hmm. fine. I think that's a, that's a, that is a bold pick, but a good one. It's sensible. Um, I can agree with that. I'm rolling with tiger. I'm taking tiger for no other reason other than I love the way he's swinging it right now. He doesn't even play that great here. He's made his first start. He has no <laughs> no real true reasoning behind it other than I love how he's swinging it right now. His driver swing is getting better and better with age and I I just I I believe that he's going to keep driving it well. I mean, at Tory he didn't okay. drive it poorly. This is a horrible pick and I'm going to tell you something. Yep. So, we've got Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Bryson, Rory, John Rahm, Bubba, Jordan, Phil, Xander Schauffele, Hideki, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Adam Scott. So we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. We have 15 people in this top tier. And I know that made for exciting podcast listening as I counted on the spreadsheet that I have in front of me. But I'm going to say that nine people out of those 15 are going to beat him this week. Like I, th- I'm not even gonna lie. I think like out of all those picks that you were able to get or you were able to pick from, that's a homer pick. You just love Tiger. Admit it. Oh, for sure. But I love the way he's swinging it. Let's put money on it. Okay, so let's double the bet. Top tier that nine of those people beat him. For sure. Deal. You lost the last Tiger bet. You're awfully yeah, confident being zero and one. Yeah, but he like. I think he had to go like four under in the last six holes to get it, and he did it. So, anyway, here one. Nine of those guys are going to beat him. God, I hope he wins so bad. (laughs) I don't even know that he's going to make the cut. Let's go on to tier two. 
where I've got Adam Hadwin, and I'm just going to go on record saying this is my favorite pick that I have in all of these this whole week. Adam Hadwin, sixth last year at Riviera. Mm-hmm. All-around strokes gain has improved every year he's played this course. The last three years, he's 11th, 9th, and 5th in the field. Uh, strokes gain in the tournament. It's a scrambling golf course. Was number one in scrambling here two years ago. He's 36 in sand saves uh, this year, 36 overall. And that's a kind of underrated part about this golf course, I think, is like how deep the bunkers are around the green. And like again, listen, if you're going to miss greens here, you're going to have some some difficult bunker bunker shots. So I, I like I like that piece. Even though he's 95th overall this year in scrambling, he's 24th overall in scrambling at Pebble and ninth at the Desert Classic, which are two of his last three tournaments. He's trending in the right direction. I like him a lot this week. Now, it was kind of between him. Good for you. It was between him and Sung Kang. And I've got some money on Sung Kang here uh, really? coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For top 10? Absolutely. I've got some top 10. And Doesn't top five money on Sun King. Yes, he's a cheater, but he was first in greens <laughs> regulation last week out at Pebble, uh, out the the Northern California complex, I guess. For it wasn't just Pebble, and he was third in scrambling. Has four made cuts here in three top twenty fives. I actually like Sun King a lot this week too. But uh, Adam Hadwin's my guy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sing to you about Adam Hadwin a little bit. Good just for you about, about my uh, my boy Adam Hadwin. So. Sure, he had a lot of success here. But one thing that you don't understand is he averages 293 off the tee. That's not very long. He is absolutely atrocious. You're not that long. He's absolutely atrocious from approach shots from 175 to 200 yards. He is garb. And he is horrible out of the rough. Okay. Well, we got wind going. We got um, some coldness, which 293 turns into a stiff 256. <laughs> he's not going to hit it anywhere this week. He's not getting out of his shadow. He's horrible from the rough, and he's horrible with his long irons. He sits at 210 from approaches from the rough from 175 to 200 yards. He is also 180th from approaches from the rough, 50 to 125. So hopefully he keeps it in the fairway, and hopefully he somehow um, takes HGH and starts hitting at 330. But anyways. Don't listen to this, Duster. You I guys like put some money on, on Hadwin, <laughs> top 10. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's going to get dusted as normal. Go ahead. What's your, what's your uh, tier two guy? Rafa. I already talked about him. Rafa Cabrera-Bale. Easy matchup. Gutty guy, Adam Hadwin's going to be over there hitting it out of the hooshgow every other hole, breaking his wrists. Um, Rafa's ripped. Rafa's jacked. He's strong. It doesn't even matter if he gets in the rough. His stats from the rough uh, proves itself. Rafa's taking Adam Hadwin. Easy money. Easy, easy money, money, dude. Easy money. I can't wait to watch Adam Hadwin flare a five iron out of the hooshgow into the grandstands. Tier three. This is my favorite my guy pick this of the week. week. Your guy's your favorite pick of the week? Oh, he's so sick. Good for you. Ryan Moore is my guy. There's not a whole lot to say. Listen, he's accurate off the tee. He hits greens. Uh, five, 25, or five top 25s in his last eight starts here with three top 10s. 
scrambling is a weakness. He's been beyond garbage this year uh, <laughs> with his scrambling percentage. I think he's like in uh, the one nineties as far as his rank. Um, but he's played here. He's played <laughs> well here in the past. <laughs> he's a great ball striker. One of the better ones on tour. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say a whole lot more. I like him a lot. But when he misses a green, he has a panic attack and makes double. Yeah, well, don't we all? So do you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're off to a horrible start this week. I'm taking Harold Varner, not the second, not the first, but the third. Harold Varner, the third. He is... He's absolutely my boy this week. I, I think that I mean he's playing really great right now. He is. Um, he's been working with Scott Hamilton. They made a few changes to his swing in the off season, and it's paying off. Um, and I love his attitude. He is like Mister Positive out there. And right now, I mean, he's sitting at thirty fifth in strokes gained total. He does everything well enough. He's thirty uh, eighth in off the tee, ninetieth um, approach to the green, fifty seventh around the green, fifty fourth in putting, forty sixth to green total and like i mentioned 35th um and everything uh he's playing really solid uh he averages over 300 yards um and he's he's exceptionally exceptionally well out of the rough which is a stat that i've been um looking at this year so i just uh i think that he's going to be a guy that uh plays well this week i mean if you look i mean from from you know, a hundred yards out of the rough, you know, and the 225 to 250, 250, 275, he's very good. Um, and it, it, for a guy that is hitting it, you know, 300 yards, that's important you know, on par fives. He's got to take advantage of those, especially if the weather's bad. Yep. He's uh 202nd in approaches from 125 to 150. And he's 102nd in 175 to 200 like you said yeah he's pretty good from over 200 and 250 to 275 uh but did you know, you know that's how you gain did you know that's how you gain the most strokes on the pga tour no that's totally fine to i mean that's totally fine i'm just sitting here looking at like what's going to be uh important this week and it's long iron play and you know what you can you can do all you want in looking at uh you're 250 and to 275, but he's still 80th in going for the green percentage, hitting the green. He only hits 25% of the greens that he goes for on par fives. On a par 71 course, it's going to be interesting. He's not, you know, it is just going to be interesting. I know the par fives are a little bit shorter here. Um, I, you know what? I think Ryan Moore is going to dust. But, but like I said, he's 44th in rough proximity, and that's what I'm looking at. He's a dude that can play well out of the rough and with the wind and the the cold that's going to be essential i don't see a lot of guys hitting every fairway this week especially we'll ryan see. moore because he'll probably have a seizure when he's got short-sighted tight live chip yeah but he's not going to be in the rough he's gonna be straight down the middle every single time i can't wait till i flip on the tv and he's just taking. okay let's actually so, so i will here's the thing i will bet you that strokes gained approach the green this week i've got ryan moore Ahead of Harold Varner. That's kind of stupid. For you? No, like the 
So we're just strictly betting on who hits the ball better? Betting on who hits the ball better approaching the green. Sure, let's do it. Okay. Double this bet. Strokes gain approach. Write it down. I got it right here. Yeah, good. So if you've hated my picks so far, you're going to really, really, really not like this one. (laughs) Yeah, that's horrible. (laughs) I got Danny Lee this week. He's played a lot. He's only got two top tens uh, this year, but he's also only missed one cut. Hits it really well off the tee. He's pretty long. Uh, that's one thing that I think, you know, when you think of Danny Lee, at least when I think of Danny Lee, I don't think of uh, distance. Uh, but he's in the top 30 uh, for distance off the tee this year. Um, 16th in greens regulation. Proximity isn't great, so we'll see kind of how that works out. I think he was like 90th um, in proximity, even though he hits as many greens as he does. Um, so we'll see this week how that all plays out. Uh, but I think again, like in this fourth tier, we're looking at guys that are going to make cuts and, and give us possibilities at getting inside the top 10. Um, and with only one missed cut, he's got this year. If he can hold a few putts, like I like this guy, I, I think he's got a good chance this week. Don't speak for me. You're looking for your t- tier four guy to make the cut. I'm trying to get wins with this. Man. This is how you make millions. I'm going John Huff. Dog, how calling... many cuts have you made with your I'm fourth calling... tier guy this year? I don't even think you have any. Ted Potter Jr. got second at the Sony. Rush my case. I, uh, what did he take last week? Probably something around Garrigus dust. <laughs> no, he's last. <laughs> he was last. He played horrible. Um, I'm calling an audible. I'm going John Huff. He finished T26 here uh, last year, but I, I love his golf swing. He... Um, a thing that I teach, you know, we talk about wrist angles a lot. And if you see a swing, um, he's one of the best at it, really. And I think that he's coming out of his shell. He's going to play well. He's played well here before. He he doesn't have any stats that they're actually all not good. Um, but I'm going to take him because I think that he's actually got more momentum on his side right now than um, stats would show. So I'm going John Huh. His odds are awful. What are his odds? Well, let's see. He's uh, four hundred to one mm-hmm. to win the golf tournament. Uh, if that tells you anything, yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Danny Lee over here at two fifty to one. Guys, put your money on Danny Lee. He's a beast. John Ha, huh? fade that man. <laughs> John Ha, huh? dude. Anyway, I just, I just like kind of think you're dust. Good for you. It just sort of comes down to you. everyone. This is like, why would I trust this guy who's picking Danny Lee and just a bunch of other nonsense, just spewing nonsense with Ryan Moore? Adam well, Hadwin's trash from 200 yards. We are looking forward to another sweep here on Team Dan. And guys, we appreciate the listen. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Once again, appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next week. Look on Instagram here on Wednesday uh, for our top five, top ten bets. Uh, Put your money on it, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good week, guys.